Want a great deal? Then check out the great deals on 5-Hour Energy 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter. 5-Hour Energy gives you the alert, energized feeling you need to sail through your day. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. And with great deals on 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter, it fits your budget. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. See store for details. Offer ends December 31st. Welcome to the Inspiration for Your Safety Culture podcast, which is simulcast as a blog on safetydoc.com. Join us at safetydoc.com for 30 years of research, stories, videos, books, and blogs, all to get your safety culture fix. Now let's get to it. So who out there has been in a training class where some consultant is teaching you about culture? Shoot, (laughs) you've all been there. In fact, you've all been in many of these classes. The teacher was probably defining culture as something like the assumption, shared beliefs, and values held by people in the organizations, attitudes towards work, the degree of personal responsibility for work, the rules of the game for getting along in the organization. Now just admit it. You nodded along with everybody else feigning understanding, and then you probably started using the term around their boss and colleagues just to pretend you knew what it was, but In reality, deep down inside, where these things typically are hidden, you admit to yourself that you really, really don't know what the term means. The reason you don't is because you don't know how to use the term culture to make things better. You don't know how to operate using the term. You know, operations in your business, you know, in any business, operations are how things get done. We have trouble describing culture in a way that, well, well, gets things done to reduce injuries. Now, many of you know I'm a psychologist by training. So I'm used to being around terms like culture that have been constructed to describe things that really aren't that tangible. Psychologists call terms like these constructs because we have to construct the term from scratch to describe something we can't see. It doesn't exist except for some inkling of a phenomenon that we all kind of experience. So we had to construct a term for this and then try to build an understanding of what it may or may not be and if it even exists in the real world. In fact, we're pretty bad at constructing these constructs. Culture has been overstudied in in my area of psychology called industrial organizational psychology where we argue in hundreds of articles about the silly differences between things like culture and and climate. In fact, back in 1952, Kober and Cluckhorn compiled a list of 164 different definitions of culture. That was 60 years ago. And despite a century and a half, century and a half of the term, linguists conclude that there's still no agreement regarding its nature. So, Even though I've been trained as a psychologist to deal with such constructs, I mean, you know, we have terms like empathy and attribution. So we're used to dealing with with constructs. So even though I've been trained to deal with these constructs, I've always had a big problem getting my own arms around what a culture is. To me, the term safety culture is an undefined mess 
of other constructions like values, beliefs, assumptions that don't mean anything either. I mean, admit it. You don't even know what a value is. How can you put that definition in the definition of safety culture? When you define constructs with constructs, you get confusion, not operation. Unfortunately, this game of constructs leads to haphazard attempts at changing your safety culture, often at the expense of even more confusion among your leadership and workforce trying to understand what you mean by safety culture. Thus, the term will begin to diffuse into meaninglessness in your company, just like so many good ideas turned fad before. This is too bad because the real concept of safety culture is profound and it can lead to significant improvements. So let's come up with a new definition of safety culture, shall we? As a behavioral psychologist who worked with some of the preeminent behavioral psychologists who created behavior-based safety to begin with, I prefer to see parsimony as the goal. Thus, I apply Occam's razor. You've heard of Occam's razor. William of Occam was a Franciscan friar who dropped some medieval knowledge on us using his razor. You know, somehow we forgot his maxim in our modern age of constructs. So if you don't know, the definition of Occam's razor, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it's right here, I quote, Entities should not be multiplied unnecessarily. The simplest of competing theories should be preferred to the more complex. Explanations of unknown phenomenon be sought first in terms of known qualities. Unquote. That's pretty academic, isn't it? Let me translate it for you. Keep it simple, stupid. So let's try this new definition of safety culture on for size. Instead of constructs upon constructs upon constructs leading to confusion, let's use this definition. Safety culture is people talking to each other about safety. Period. Now I'll argue with anyone who will listen. That safety culture is not some value-laden, touchy-feely, fuzzy construct of some imaginary utopia. Instead, safety culture is people talking about safety and listening to each other. Simple, right? You can see people having conversations, engaging in conversations. You can experience the consequences of engaging in these, con in these conversations. Managers as well can talk and listen. Workers can talk and listen. Talking is universal and it makes an impact. So there you have it. You can't do anything about people's values, beliefs, and other constructs because you don't understand them. And frankly, you can't change people. But you can change behavior. Define safety culture as a behavior, and that behavior is talking. Talking is operational because you can see it. You can hear people talking. Talking can be the direct goal of your safety management systems and your other efforts to improve safety. All these tools in your safety management system should explicitly be designed to get people talking. And you know if you're successful because, well, you see people talking.
Hey, this is Tim breaking into this podcast to tell you about my book, Dysfunctional Practices That Kill Your Safety Culture. A manager finds himself on top of a stepladder. A woman removes a guard to her machine. A worker is not wearing her safety glasses in the plant. A rustabout uses a wrong size clamp instead of retrieving the right tool. A supervisor teaches a new worker to take a shortcut. A mechanic climbs on top of the active machine to find the oil leak. Why do these folks do these things? Is it because they're stupid? We'll find out. Read or listen to the first chapter on safetydoc.com. Dysfunctional practices available now on Amazon and Lulu.com. And now, back to our podcast. Consider a worker talking to another about a shortcut to a task that involves risk. Consider a supervisor who emphasizes speed in getting a piece of equipment back online. Consider a leader who tells subordinates to push the equipment upgrades off for yet another year to save costs. In all these instances, we have a safety culture. However, this safety culture promotes risk-taking through its talking, the negative safety culture. Alternatively, when a worker takes a moment to alert another employee when they're taking a risk, or when a supervisor asks her work team about the potential hazards in a task and discusses the safe behaviors that mitigate the hazards, or perhaps when a leader asks her subordinates about the safety implications of budget decisions. In these cases, the safety culture promotes safety through this talking. It's a positive safety culture. People talking to people about safety happens through all levels of the organization. It's not necessarily top-down or bottom-up. Note that your safety management systems are just formalized methods of communication. Think about your minor injury close call reporting. That's talking about incidents that happened instead of hiding them, not talking. What about your safety procedures? Well, your SOPs, your JHAs, and what other acronyms you have for the forms people fill out. Well, those are just written versions of talking about safe behaviors on a task. What about your training? Well, that's, that's talking. A lot of talking. Even your safety culture surveys. That's trying to listen to some proxy of talking. and Frankly, it's not a very good one either. The question here is how effective are your safety management systems at influencing the critical talking that needs to go on between and among you, your workers, and the managers? The way we're going to solve any problems with our safety management systems is to gain insights into the risks people take. And the only way we're going to gain insight into the risks people take is by talking to each other. Now, to be sure, conversations can also hurt your safety program. Workers and managers can discuss with each other how to hide at-risk behaviors. Workers and managers can complain about the management systems that are designed to help them stay safe. Complaining's talking. They can, they can run through safety meetings, to talking in safety meetings in monotone voices. They can teach each other how to pencil whip the forms, and they can outright lie about inspection or preventative maintenance. Insidious type of talking. More insidious is when managers only talk about safety 
in terms of compliance and in disciplinary terms. It's a type of, type of talk that makes it far, far less likely for anybody to go report an at-risk behavior. I talk about the labeling that goes on with this in my book, Dysfunctional Practices That Kill Your Safety Culture. When this type of talking down to employees kill the conversation, then risks are taken, and the system that promotes this risk taken remains hidden deep within a culture of silence. Everyone can and must speak up about at-risk behavior. When conversations happen among workers, and with managers, safe behaviors increase. We know this. There's, there's ample evidence. This is because conversations point out risk, discuss why risks are taken, and even identify alternative safe behaviors. Take it further. Those same conversations support other aspects of your safety program. They identify hazards. They come up with better processes. They share best practices. A positive safety culture is one where people talk about safety in a lot of different ways. So yeah, let's, let's talk the talk. But you got to realize, conversations can be messy at first. When I do focus groups with employees about safety, I often hear a fairly messy response. Sometimes like animated workers will start complaining about how safety incidents are mostly management's fault because they have failed to provide like safety equipment and facilities, or, or they push production and budget over safety, or they rely on workers to do all the job training with folks who are too green or, or maybe even know better, or they blame workers through the discipline program, or they, or, 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 it keeps going on. The complaint typically points at some mysterious manager they have named they. So I always retort. Well, then they should be fired. And I ask, wait, who are they? And no one ever knows because these systems are they're too, simply too complex. And because of this complexity, it's just too easy for workers to blame manager. And this same complexity also makes it too easy for manager to blame workers with the nebulous they. And bad safety cultures, when people are talking, you, you hear the word they and them a lot. They is the poison word lurking behind the blaming and other dysfunctions that kill your safety culture. We is the antidote to fix it. Imagine an empowered workforce and management working together as a we to constantly talk about the hazards and risks. That's how culture reduces injuries. The verbal behaviors of talking that can create a positive safety culture well, they're re reinforced just like any other behavior. You can reinforce when people talk about safety. You can reinforce them when they report minor incidents and, and when they point out risk-taking. And when you reinforce this talking, this talking behavior increases. When these verbal behaviors increase, then that means they happen a lot more in the work site. When more safety talking occurs, then more people will try it themselves if they weren't talking before, modeling people who are talking. They, in turn, will get reinforced by this emerging safety culture, and the safety talking then builds and builds and builds. Most importantly, our data shows that talking to somebody about safety can help change their behavior. Not the person 
that got talked to, but the person doing the talking. Most importantly, talking to somebody about safety makes it two times more likely that you'll change your own behavior. So why mess with the messy concept of safety culture? Instead, cut the fat and recognize safety culture for what it is. People influencing each other by talking. With this recognition comes a definition that we can do something with, something we can operationalize into, into useful tactics that help us reduce injury. So go out, talk the talk. This podcast is a production of safetydoc.com and is copyrighted by Timothy Ludwig, Ph.D., all rights reserved. For those small doses of inspiration, visit safetydoc.com. If you would like Dr. Ludwig to speak at your corporate or society safety function, simply use the contact link on safetydoc.com. Thanks for listening. Want a great deal? Then check out the great deals on 5-Hour Energy 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter. 5-Hour Energy gives you the alert, energized feeling you need to sail through your day. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. And with great deals on 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter, it fits your budget. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. See store for details. Offer ends December 31st. Want a great deal? Then check out the great deals on 5-Hour Energy 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter. 5-Hour Energy gives you the alert, energized feeling you need to sail through your day. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. And with great deals on 2-Packs and 6-Packs at your neighborhood Harris Teeter, it fits your budget. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. See store for details. Offer ends December 31st.